So James, James chapter three. Uh, again, today is, is going to be one of those ones that none of us are going to, we're not going to get away today with, uh, without getting challenged. It's just the way that it is. So everybody just take a deep breath. All right, all right. And just, you know what I'm saying? Just, just let the word just speak today, okay? And, um, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about the power of words, the power of words. James chapter 3, what we say and the power of the words that we speak and there, there is a phrase that all of us grew up hearing, and some of us probably still say from time to time, and, and it's a complete lie. It's a complete lie, and it's the old, it's, how many of you think you know what I'm about to say? Come on, who? Come on, what do you think? Sticks and stones. There it is. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. That is a lie spoken by people who have been hurt by words and are trying to convince themselves psychologically that they haven't been hurt by words, but they're bleeding emotionally, right? Like, like you can say whatever you want to me and it don't matter. You can rip me up and down. I will be fine. No, it's just not the way that it is. We, the words that we speak have power. They affect people and they shape the way that we live, but words also shape the way that we think. They shape the way that we think. In our culture right now, depending on who you're talking to, depending on what news source you're listening to, depending on what type of friends you have, those words that are, that are going into your mind are going into your heart, and they are affecting the way that you perceive your reality. 100%. None of us can get away from that. It is the way that it is. We, we are, we're, you know what? If you think about words and really how they originate, they, they start in someone's mind, like an electrical impulse, and I'm not a neurologist by any, so I'm not going like, to try to get too detailed here, but it starts here, okay? And, and then this thought then like goes to our nervous system, and then all of a sudden like our, our lungs expand, and we take a deep breath, you know? And then we go, <gasps> and then these vibrations happen, and we, we let out these words that then travel through the air and go into somebody's ear, they catch them. They then go like into the, what, the cochlea and other things, those things that are in there, okay? I'm not an ear doctor, but that happens. And, and then that then creates these electrical signals that go into that person's brain, and boom, you've transferred a thought. It's happening right now. It's weird, but it's called communication, you know? It's what we do. And, and the same thing happens whenever we text or we write those words, they come out of something, a place inside of us, and then they get into some sort of, uh, you know, medium in order to be transferred to that other person, and we have communication, we have words, and those words literally transform the way that you think. They implant thoughts and fears, good, positive, negative thoughts, all of these things, and, and that's, that's really what's shaping our lives. You know, there's, there's been words that have been spoken over over me and my wife and our life uh, throughout the years that have shaped the way that we live life, shaped the way that we, the decisions that we've made. You know, one, there was a, a season in our life where we had a, a series of miscarriages. And, uh, you know, if you've had a miscarriage before, then you know what happens emotionally and, and physically and all, all the stuff that takes place. And, and you know, we, we had gotten to a negative place and we were struggling and and some words that my dad spoke over us, he, he, he just came and he, and he comforted us and he said, one day you're going to hear the pitter-patter of those feet running down the hallway. You don't worry. 
And there was something about those words that stilled us, that calmed us, that, that gave us hope. And, and it, it, it just helped us to, to kind of get through that moment, right? And eventually, yes, we have much pitter-patter around the house. <laughs> Lots of pitter-patter. And, uh, and it's wonderful, right? But in that moment, we couldn't think about the possibility of what might happen in the future. We were stuck in the moment. What words helped to encourage us through that moment? You know, a few years ago, uh, in regards to my position here at this church, uh, um, I never wanted to be a pastor, and I've said that quite often. Um, actually, I say it, it's actually the one thing I knew that I didn't want to do was pastor a church. Uh, and I was good with just playing music, and, and it was wonderful. But God began to do something in me uh, before anybody said anything. I know a lot of people think that maybe um, my dad had a big part to play with me stepping into this role as he was the former lead pastor here, but it's actually not the case. Uh, but I was struggling internally with a lot of things and um, went to this conference. And, I, and again, I'm, I'm not talking to really many people about it, but I just knew God was dealing with me internally. And uh, I, was, I was really, I was, kind of, I was kind of snapping a little bit emotionally because there was such pressure inside of, of this decision and whether to take a next step. And uh, I was at this conference and, and I was praying and I was honestly, I was just weeping um, because I was under so much stress about everything. And um, anyway, it was one of those conferences where there were some pastors up front and then you kind of walked up and they prayed for you. And so I walked up to this pastor and I actually knew him. He didn't really know me that well. And, uh, and so I just lifted my hands like you, like you do in a prayer line, right? You lift your hands because that's just a posture of surrender. I don't know. And, um, and so I did that and he began to speak words that broke all of the intricate thoughts down and released me from that fear in order to say yes to stepping forward into something that I was, uh, you know, very challenged by. But I say that to say that God spoke a word through him to the very thing that I needed to hear. And that has probably happened to many of you in many different parts of your life where you're at the end of your ropes, you're standing on the edge, you don't know which way to go, and then someone comes up and says, I don't know, I just feel like I need to say this to you, and they say the one phrase that, like, you couldn't have written it better. Words have power, and God speaks through people, right? We must be listening, but he speaks to us, but these words, they shape us. Words start wars, words bring peace, words heal, words destroy. They heal relationships. They destroy relationships, right? Words construct things in our lives and in our nation and our world, and they also deconstruct things. And Proverbs says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. There's power in the words that we say. In the Bible, we see that God uses words for good, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and what he did is he spoke and there was light. He spoke things into existence. God created things. He used words for good. He used words to create. And also he used words to reveal himself to that creation. Which I think is so interesting. He created us, but then he spoke words to reveal himself to us. If you're a born-again Christian, God has spoken words to you through a, through a person, through the word of God, through the, the Bible. He's, he's spoken his word and he's revealed himself to you. God uses words for good. We also see how Satan uses words for evil, right? Satan, I mean, come on, God creates things. He creates man and woman, and here they are. And then he comes along, and then he says, did God really say? Like, I know that he said that, but is that what he meant, right? You ever hear somebody say something, 
and, and you hear it, like, you hear what they say, and it means one thing, you guess, and then you walk away, and you don't really know what it meant as you begin to really think about it over and over. You're like, is that what they really meant? And, and, and that's what happened here with the enemy, is God said some things to Adam and Eve, and then the enemy came and said, yeah, I know he said those words, but, but what did he really mean by those words? Deception, that's what we call that taking what someone says or what the word says or whatever the case is and tweaking it, right? We're in a war of words right now in our culture. There are certain words that used to mean something and they don't mean that anymore. Definitions have changed. And so if you're not understanding what those definitions are, then you don't understand what the conversations are about because things are tweaking and people are taking words and, and, and constructing new forms of language and communication, right? So, so words are very important. The enemy uses them for evil. God uses them for good. And we also use words for good and evil, <laughs> right? We, we do. We have to use words, but we have to use words uh, precisely and with a lot of uh, uh, proper intention, intentionality, or words could get away from us. And so let's start reading actually in James chapter 3, verse 1. And James starts this conversation by saying, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. It's always an encouraging word to read from a place whenever you're teaching people. <laughs> we, can use God's, uh, we can use words to teach God's word, teachers. Now in the Bible, obviously the Bible talks about the office of teacher, there are people that God has specifically called out to teach. And many times whenever we think about that, we, we only think about what it looks like like this. Okay, a person with a microphone in their face. And, and I'll say this, that there is truth to that, a certain truth to that, that there are, there are people that God specifically puts in places um, to teach the word. Not negating that everybody is some sort of teacher, which we'll get to here in a second, but there is the office of teacher. And in this time, there was a lot of people who were, uh, and it still happens today, they like the prestige of being a teacher. They like the, everybody wants to know something that other people don't know so that, they, that way they can, they can kind of feel like they've got the upper hand on someone. And many people use that platform to manipulate, to control it's happened throughout history. It's happened in the church over and over and over again. It's happened in every industry. It's happened everywhere because people, <laughs> because people. But James is speaking to people who are ambitious to become teachers, but probably for the wrong reason. And he's like, you need to slow down because you, you like how it looks, but you don't understand what the cost and the price is for that, especially if you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And so he says, you need to slow down, realize that teachers will be judged strictly. Teachers, people who stand in front of people and communicate things are judged more strictly by like rooms like this. You're, like I'm not having to listen to you right now break down this stuff like this. What does he really mean when he says that? You know what I'm saying? No, I'm up here. What things on like we, we archive things immediately. You know, it's like we can all leave here and Go watch this on Facebook in 10 minutes. Like, that's a little scary, okay, <laughs> you know? But it brings accountability, of course. But the thing is, is that when a person stands in front of people as a teacher, 
they get judged more strictly in the moment, okay? But also, at the end of the day, teachers who take the word and twist it in order to say what they want it to say and not truly with humility in their heart communicate what the word is saying to the best of their ability, I believe God is going to also judge them. The people who take the word and misuse it to manipulate people, they might not meet their judgment here on earth. They might not be caught or whatever, they, whatever thing, but the story's not over. God is going to judge those who, who take his word and use it as a hammer on people, right? This is, this is what he's saying. Is we've got to be careful about this. So his, his warning is not to become a teacher for selfish gain, but in a way, we're all teachers, y'all. If you're a parent, you're a teacher of the word, Right? If you're a small group leader, you're a teacher of the word. If, 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 if you're a Christian, you're a teacher of the word. Like literally every day that you live and the way that you post on social media, you're teaching the word. If you take a, a, a verse and you post it on social media out of context, do you know that you're teaching the word to people? Right? Like in all of these things, we have to realize that we're all teaching someone somehow, and we should approach the things that we say with a lot of, sometimes just hesitancy. Like, is this really what needs to be said? We can use words to sin. James 3, verse 2 through 6 says, For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's perfect. <laughs> so, hey, we're all in the same boat today. Because not, not one single one of us in this room, not one of you, even though you might think that you're so eloquent in how you speak, you're not that good with your words. You're not perfect. You know what I'm saying? But if he does, he's a perfect man. He's able also to bridle his whole body. So if you're able to control your tongue, you're perfect completely. You're whole. You're Jesus. You're Jesus. So we know that we're not that. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that, they, so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder. Whenever the will of the pilot, uh, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. It's perverse, it's evil. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire, my goodness, by hell. <laughs> like, right? <laughs> set on fire by hell. <sighs> You know, fire in the background. John Cena walking through, just exploding. <laughs> you know, your words have just left just destruction in, in behind you. This is what happens whenever we speak. And, and there's something that needs to be said here. Unfortunately, even when you're trying your best to be tactful and precise and dance and say just the right whoop, your, those vibrations, right? They're going to someone else's ears and being running through their filters, <laughs> running through the, their, their brokenness. Your brokenness is communicating through their brokenness. 
and it's amazing that we can get anything done. Let's just be honest. It's amazing that <laughs> words, they're powerful, but they're also, they're also nuanced. And, and we're, we're, we're hearing them and we're interpreting them. And that's why even if we're doing our best, sometimes they're setting fires that we don't know about. Yesterday I was driving on the interstate and uh, in the medium I was, I was driving and all of a sudden, like just in the in random part of the medium, right on the edge of the other lane, there was just smoke, just smoke. There's not like anybody around it setting a fire, controlled fire. Somebody threw it, probably threw a cigarette out the, the window or whatever, and it, it went up against some, some dry grass and a little fire was starting. Now, I'm a little ashamed to say that I didn't like call anybody, <laughs> so I'm not really sure if there was a fire on I-10 yesterday. Um, I saw it start, but, <laughs> right? So what happens is it starts small and it spreads. It spreads. And before you know it, you know, we're calling the fire department to come put it out. So it happens in California every year, right? Lightning or something happens and it, and it sets things afire. You know that a conversation can be that. A conversation can be that. I think it's time in our church that I just go ahead and say something. People are never going to say exactly what you want them to say, how you want them to say it. It's never going to happen. The leadership of this church is never going to say exactly what you want to hear all the time, right? Your friends are never going to say exactly what you want to hear all the time. And every single opportunity, every single moment that that happens, you have an opportunity to either take that little rock and put it in your pocket and hold on to that. And then take another one and put it in your pocket and continue to fill that pocket up until it's just, you can barely walk straight. It's, it's, you know, it's creating a blister on your thigh. Or every time that somebody says something that's off, you could, as the scripture says, go to the person that's offended you, right? And actually say, hey, listen, you said something that I don't know if I really understood it, but I'd like to, to communicate about this because I don't want this to become something in the future that, that, that separates us. It's a small fire, and it expands. But as a church, we've got to be a church that is growing in spiritual maturity. Where the longer that we know one another, the longer that we trust one another, right? The more that I know someone, the more that I understand their heart, and the more that, that what they say, I run through that filter of their heart and knowing them. It, it, it's We've got to be the body of Christ because this right here happens in so many ways. It happens in our nation. I don't really have to belabor that point very much. You know exactly what I'm talking about there. Social media, man, I would be, it would be great if all the servers exploded right now. I'm going to tell you that straight up. It would, be, it would actually help us. It really would. Small fires everywhere. It's a bunch of small fires that coalesce and become a giant fire and cause a lot of destruction. But we can use words for good. Again, somebody might speak a word that's negative and you can then speak words that are positive to combat that. Somebody says something to you, let's communicate back, right? Words can be destructive when left unchecked. Words reject. Come on, some of you growing up, words were spoken over you that, re that, that created rejection in your heart where now you have this filter in your life where everything that's said, you run through this filter of rejection, and it doesn't matter if somebody looks at you in the eye and says, I love you, I'm for you, 
you still are like, yeah, but you might not be. What a terrible way to live life. You're in bondage, and the Lord wants to deliver you from that. He wants to heal you from that rejection. But somebody spoke something one time, right? Gossip. Gossip. There's, there's a great filter to whether you should be talking about someone. Am I a part of the problem or the solution? If I'm not a part of the problem or the solution, then I need to be quiet about it. There, that's a good filter. You could write that down. You could tweet that one. It's not from me. I don't know who it's from, but... If I'm not a part of the problem, the solution, I really ha- I don't have much to say about it. Lying, manipulating. I talked about manipulation a little bit in regards to, to people using the word of God to manipulate people. But we manipulate with our words. Come on. Every single one of you, sometime, you, subconsciously. Well, that, we say subconsciously to take the onus off of us, right? I mean, I wasn't doing it on purpose, but maybe subconsciously I was. Okay, fair enough, cool. But you, you did it. You, you tried to get them to you, you just use those words you knew might, might kind of cut a little bit, right? Words can alter the course of you or someone else's life, your or someone else's life, literally. They're so powerful. He goes on and he basically says that we can't even control the tongue. Verse 7, for every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brother's these things ought not to be so. I feel like James just here kind of clicks into a mode where he's like, isn't this a shame? Like, can we all admit right now that it's a shame that from our mouth we stand and we, we praise the Lord, right? We lift up our hands and we worship him. And with the same tongue, the same mouth, we look at people who God loves loves us in the same way as he loves us in sending Jesus to die for all of us, and we will break them down and cut them down and, and just, just leave them there bloody. Maybe not to their face, but we do it to other people. That's a shame, isn't it? Like, it's, it's just, it's wrong. The, the word is, it's sinful. That's actually the word. If we could be honest about it, it's actually sinful. But it's what we do, and we have to be honest about it. He goes on, verse 11, does a spring pour forth from the same opening fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. The point that he's making here is that your words are the fruit of your heart. Whatever's going on here eventually comes out here. And I think most of us, we would, like to, we would like to think that the words that come out of our mouth are not a reflection of our heart. And you know what, guys? Sometimes there's mistakes, like we say the wrong word, you know, whatever. But, but I'm talking about like those moments whenever we lose it. Those moments when we lose it. And, and words begin to come out of our mouth 
that honestly, if we had a phone and we could record it and then we could play it back, sometimes just 10 minutes later, it would probably, it would probably cause us to weep. It really would. I know in my own life, there's many, many times where I've left a situation and it's, all you could do is just repent. Call the person. That's all you could do. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't heal it in the moment, right? It doesn't change that it was said, but it was said. And, and then you have to ask the question, what is in me <laughs> that would be okay, that would actually want to even, like, I just lost my temper. I, I know that's the point, that that was in you to even lose, <laughs> And I think that's what James is digging in on. He's saying, hey, guys, the words that come out of your mouth, it's fruit of what's going on in your heart. And we have to be honest about that. You know, you sent that text. You did. I know, I think it's Facebook Messenger, some different things are, are trying to get to where you can delete text, delete messages that you sent. You know what I'm saying? We need that in everything. <laughs> I think there's something whenever you send an email, I think there's like a, you can put like a buffer on it where it doesn't actually send it for like 15 minutes, you know, to where it's like, oh, no, I'm going to go delete that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> right. We, we need that sometimes, but it, it's still, it's, it's, it's fruit. It's very humbling. These scriptures humble me. Luke, Luke 6 says this, for no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. The words of Jesus. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. Does anybody know what a bramble bush is? No. Bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. For out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth speaks. So if sinful and destructive words are coming out of my mouth, then that is an indicator of my heart. So therefore, we need to receive a new heart. Anybody with me on that? You see, what happens is the words that come out of our mouth, sometimes we're like, man, like I need to I need, to, I need to control my tongue. Like I need, a, I need a filter. I need to have the email thing that, that, that blocks the email before I send it. I need to have the ability to delete a text. I need, I need like a buffer. And I would say that instead of a buffer or anything that's, that's outside to, to constrict our speech, it would actually, let's, let's think about it from the other way. That we would actually look at what's on the inside and producing that. And if this changes, then this will change. So many times we're on the opposite end of the, of the pipe. We're trying to put a filter on what's coming out the pipe. We need to go to actually the source of what's being produced and going into the pipe in the first place. We've got to switch our thing. See, that's the same reason when, Christian, when it comes to Christianity, many people are just trying to get, they're trying to do the right things rather than understand that they need to be the right person. Be the right person, and that's not like self-help. You're only right whenever you come to Jesus with nothing and you surrender your heart to him. That's what I'm talking about. You can't be right if you're not righteous. It's the first step. So in the same way that we want to just put a filter on the end of our speech, and we don't want to actually change our heart, right? Let's just go fix the problem. 
We need to reverse that. We need to reverse that. It's the same thing in Christianity. We come to Jesus with nothing, and he begins to transform us from the inside out. We need a renewed heart. We need a new heart. And guess what? Whenever you receive Jesus and you're saved, your spirit man is renewed. You are a new creation, but then you've entered into this long process called sanctification. Where although you have a new heart, you are continually needing to be renewed. Last week we talked about repentance. That's one of the ways that we are renewed continually is we, we repent. Because it's not like now that I have a new heart, all of my speech is perfect. No, don't put that on yourself. That's not in the word. Okay? However, whenever we do say those things, we, we don't go to the word and say, oh, okay. And we try to just patch it up. No, we go back to the heart. We say, Lord, I'm wrong. I repent. Let's do this again, right? We repent, and, and we need a new heart. It's really what we need. If we have our heart changed, our heart renewed, our heart purified, then our words will reflect, will reflect that. I really believe that. That's why in Psalms it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Renew. Create, renew, create, renew. We are in this consistent pattern. And as believers, if you've been saved any amount of time, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're never done being renewed. You're never done. You're never done needing your mind transformed, right? It's why we read the word of God. It's why we're in Christian community with other people who are seeking God and pursuing him. It's, it's, it's why we do this. It's why we're here today. Did you know that today the words that are being spoken, the scriptures that are being written, written, uh, read are, are seeping into your heart and your mind and, and adjusting the way that you think, the way that you feel about things, uh, reorient, reorienting your, your vision, your focus to where when you leave this place that you will be more Christ-like right? Like that's what happens whenever we hear the word of God, the word of God. The word of God changes us. He confronts us. He convicts us. We respond through brokenness and he changes us. But it starts with a word, the word of God. When God spoke in the beginning of time, he created everything that we see and know. He created us. God created you. Whether you know it or not, he created you. He loves you. He's for you. And today I believe that God wants to renew some of you. I'm just looking out, and of course I don't know all of you. I don't know all of your stories. But if I had to guess, I think there's some of you that you, you grew up in religious environments. You grew up in church environments. And uh, what happens whenever you grow up in those environments and you fall or you, you fail over time, you sort of start getting either calloused to those environments or you just, you sort of just settle into like, well, this is just who I am, right? And you're like, well, if I go to church, I'll just, man, I know this is the right thing to do, but, but then I know that I'm going to act like this. And I, you have this tension inside of you. And it's for some of you today, you might be getting stuck in religion. The things that you say, you might be in a place in your life where you just kind of shrug it off. You know what I'm saying? Well, if they wouldn't have said that, I wouldn't have responded that way. The Bible doesn't talk, the Bible doesn't, that's not a filter for us to use, right? I think some of us need a, a softened heart there. For some of you today, you've been trying really hard to say the right thing and, and do the right thing, but you've been trying it from a place of effort, not from a place of brokenness as I, as I described. 
And you might need to come to Jesus today with nothing and saying, Lord, before I start trying to say the right thing or do the right thing, God, I need, I need you to make me the right thing. Make me a new creation. I need to be renewed. Let's bow our heads. Lord, today we open up our hearts to you. God, if there be anything in us that is displeasing to you, God, we're just, we're opening up our hearts for you to search us, to change us. God, we truly believe the words of James that there's not one of us in this room today that, that truly bats a thousand. But God, that is not an excuse to say things that are destructive, to say things that are harmful, to say things that are sinful. So today, Lord, would you create a new heart in us? Because God, we believe that the words of our mouth are an indicator of our heart. If you're far from God right now, you wouldn't consider yourself to be a believer. You wouldn't consider yourself to be following Jesus or, or born again or saved. Or You wouldn't consider yourself to have had a moment where you really surrendered your heart and life to God. Right here, I wanna give you an opportunity to do that. Just in your own words right now, just say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. The, the things that I, I feel are successful in my life and the things that I feel like I failed at, I bring them all to you and I ask that you would change me. I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me, to resurrect me to new life today, here and now. God, all, all of us, again, we come together, Father. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. God, that you are for us, not against us. God, I pray that we would live out of the, out of the understanding and the belief that you have made a way for us to not be entrenched into the sinful ways of this world, but you have made a way for us to have life through Jesus. God, I pray that in all of our hearts that you would help us to see that, help us to understand that, help us to live out of the power of the gospel, the power of the good news of Jesus, not to live out of our own strength and effort. We thank you, God, for your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's stand to our feet. As we close today, we're gonna sing a, a, a song just here in, in just a moment. If you're in this place today and you said that prayer, you gave your life to Jesus, you re-surrendered your heart, maybe some of you it's the 10th time you've prayed that prayer. I wanna encourage you to do something as we sing the song here in just a moment. Um, we, we really wanna come alongside you and support you. We're a family, family of believers. And so we believe that uh, when somebody is, is born again or, or, or saved, or again, there's a lot of different ways of saying it, but whenever God has changed somebody's heart, we believe that he wants us to be in community, to be supported and loved by other people, to help uh, start this journey of being a disciple of Jesus. And so the way that we get that, that process started is through you filling out uh, a, a what's next card. It's right there in the seat pocket in front of you. I wanna encourage you to fill that card out. At the end of the service, if you wouldn't mind taking that card and, and bringing it to our Next Steps uh, table in the back of the room, we've got some people back there who would love to take that, answer any questions that you have. 
Also at the end of the service, we're gonna have a prayer team at the front of this room who are here to pray with any of you. If you're going through anything in your life and you need somebody to agree with you in prayer, it's confidential. These are wonderful people. They love Jesus. They love people. And uh, they're here to serve you and pray with you and encourage you. So, so please take advantage of, of them at the end of this service today. But as we sing this song, we're going to sing the song that we sang at the, at the end of the, the worship uh, earlier. Talking about how God speaks one word. And because of his authority, he can change anything that's going on in our life. And we truly believe that here at Northwood Church. We believe that God does miracles. We believe that God heals physically, emotionally, spiritually. We believe that God can, can heal, heal us uh, mentally. But I believe it starts with a word from God. And some of you, maybe even in your life right now, you're seeking a word from God. Like I described earlier, a word that breaks the yoke, that breaks the power of whatever it is that's going on in your life, breaks the power of the situation, breaks the power of that relationship, whatever it is that's, that's impeding in your life, impeding you, you need a word from God. As we sing this song, I wanna encourage you to pray. Maybe it's with your spouse. Grab their hand, your family. Put your arm around them. Y'all pray together. But let's respond to this word and let's, uh, let's believe that God's gonna change us. Come on with me. Come on, amen. Let's go ahead and sing. Come on, we're so excited that you were here with us this morning. Y'all have a great Sunday and we'll see you at First Wednesday. Yeah, all right. <laughs>